This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's another edition of the Black and Blue Report. We're back from the holiday break and ready to start a new week here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Good day to you from Orlando, Florida. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, we are coming to you from a couple of different spots. Myself here at the Team Hotel for the Pelicans as they prepare to take on the Orlando Magic tonight. And uh, we're connected with Studio B at Airline Drive at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans to talk about a pretty exciting weekend. Uh, You know, obviously... The Pelicans won on a Saturday night, took down the Houston Rockets with a fourth-quarter comeback. And then yesterday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, it was the Saints over the Jaguars, 38-27. to A very a very enjoyable weekend, I think, for both Pelicans fans and Saints fans alike. John DeShazer is going to stop by today. He'll uh, take us through uh, his post-game thoughts regarding the uh, Saints win over the Jaguars. We'll touch upon the Pelicans with him as well. And then we'll focus in on tonight's opponent for the Pelicans, the Orlando Magic, as Daniel Salerson had a chance earlier today to catch up with Dante Marcatelli, who works both on the television and radio side for the Orlando Magic. Taylor from the Pelicans dance team is stopping by later on, and uh, she has just put together another Pelicans planner. We'll get the uh, lowdown from her before we uh, finish things up here on this Monday as well. So a couple couple of notes uh, to pass along real quick. Obviously, with the Saints uh, not only winning yesterday, but also scoring 38 points, including a 21-0 lead to start the game, uh, that means Domino's is in play for you today. Domino's is offering now 50% off all large pizzas at menu price today only. All you have to do is enter the promo code SAINTS today. SAINTS is the promo code at Domino's.com. Offer is valid online only and at select Domino's locations. And thanks again to Domino's. And maybe we'll have even more uh, dominoes uh, tomorrow. If the Pelicans win tonight, then then it will be 50% off of all large pizzas online only tomorrow as well. So that would be a double dip Monday and Tuesday of this week. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, John DeShazer jumps in with us here from Studio B. And we'll talk about the Saints' win over the Jaguars yesterday. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Thursday, December 31st at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Los Angeles Clippers tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and ring in the new year with the Pelicans during our Smoothie King New Year's Eve celebration. The first 8,000 fans in attendance will receive a Drew Holiday bobblehead courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are going fast, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. 
don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Welcome back to Black and Blue Report. Still to come, a preview of tonight's uh, game between the Pelicans and the Orlando Magic. We continue, though, a little conversation here about yesterday's football game. John DeShazer stopped by Studio B. He, of course, the senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. He was in attendance yesterday for a very enjoyable football game. Good morning, J.D. Good morning. I, uh, I will inform you and uh, the listeners right now that I tore my planner fashion yesterday so this should be the best show that we've ever had no doubt you'll probably be in the range of 25 <laughs> of 36 for over 400 yards on today's show exactly I'll, i will be at peak performance because i tore it let's talk about that first is that not amazing what i mean he was in a boot earlier this week well i mean now sometimes you you god i you know you listen to a guy and you know he's so firm in his convictions and everything but he said he was going to play and you felt like if Drew Brees played, he was going to be, you know, uninhibited. And if he was inhibited yesterday, I don't know in what way he was. I mean, yeah, we saw him in a walking boot Monday night. And for all the world, when I saw him Thursday uh, at the uh, the portion of practice that we were able to attend, he was limping then. I mean, he just did not look like he was going to be a guy who was going to be able to go. But he had also previously said that, look, you know, every torn plantar fascia is different. Uh, and his obviously is different. And two, he said the biggest thing with his was getting it loose and keeping it loose. And so it led, you to, led him to believe that it was not nearly as bad as, as, you know, I think what people thought it was going to be because we heard, you know, Peyton Manning's got a torn plantar fascia, and he's been out for about six, seven weeks. And, uh, you know, who knew Drew Brees was going to be able to play in less than a week, you know, basically six days, and to be able to play that way so – yeah, it was, it was something amazing to see. I mean, obviously he went through the proper rehab, but they said they knew he was going to play on Friday when he went through practice and went through the paces. And they said, look, it was just you know a matter of time for, for him to get back out on the field and, and be able to be effective. And he obviously got it loose, kept it loose, and, uh, and you know, busted loose against, uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, not only did he get it loose in a hurry, he got his team moving in a hurry. The opening drive just set the tone, and it was on from there, J.D. Well, they have talked all season about starting fast, and whether it be offensively or defensively. Defensive, if defense is on the field, get a stop. Offensive, you get out there, you want to score points, and they've been talking about it all season long. Haven't been able to do it a whole lot, but yesterday was you know exhibit A, B, C, D, E, F, G on why you want to start fast. Uh, you know They scored the first 24, and then defensively, you know, get a sack and a couple of turnovers, a couple of interceptions, which really put, you know, kept put Jacksonville in such a big hole that, you know, basically Jacksonville couldn't dig out. But, I mean, you, you get the turnovers and then you got to be able to do something with it. And that was the key thing. The Saints scored off both of those turnovers. Uh, Delvin Bro had a hand in both of them. And Delvin Bro, you know, we can't – I can't imagine. I can't find the words to tell how big a, how big a find, how big a steal Delvin Bro has been this season. Uh, maybe the defensive MVP for this team. And we're talking about a guy who was in the CFL a couple of years ago and has played in some, some, you know, some minor leagues that, you know, I don't even know the alphabet for. And uh, now he might be, you know, he is the top corner for the Saints, I think, easily. And he's a guy who is, is high caliber. I mean, a guy that you can put on any elite receiver in the league and expect him to do a nice job. So he tipped one pass to, to Bobby Richardson, the defensive end, and then he, you know, intercepts one himself. Uh, but yeah, the Saints, the, the offense has got to cash in on him, and they started fast, and 
And then and then when Jacksonville made a little bit of a push, they were able to answer with some big touchdown drives. So all around a really nice day for the Saints. John, there have been five other wins, but was this one perhaps the biggest example or the most clear example of of, of the phrase that they've been talking about all along, which is complimentary football? I think so, especially in that first half. I mean, you, you're not going to pitch a lot of shutouts in the NFL. Uh, so you expected Jacksonville to be able to come back and score some because Blake Bortles is a pretty good quarterback and they've got a solid offense. But, yeah, when you're talking about getting takeaways and scoring on offense with those takeaways and scoring on offense when you don't get the takeaways and then being solid in the kick game, although they did have another field goal attempt block yesterday and, you know, some kinks still have to be worked out there. But for the most part, yeah, it's a it's a well-rounded complimentary game. And if you can get that uh, on a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday basis, you're always going to give yourself a chance to win a game. And that's what you – you know, a lot of games in the NFL go down to the last, you know, five minutes or four minutes or the last possession or something like that. Well, you want to be in position to where you can win those games. And, you know, the Saints have been on, you know, in position. In, in fact, I think they might have four losses by – you know, either seven points or less, you know, in the last two, three minutes or overtime. So they've been in a lot of those games. But yesterday, yeah, they got it all clicking. And when it when it's all clicking that way, it looks pretty doggone good. Frame up the conversation for me about running back Tim Hightower, who went for 122 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. You know, I don't know what to say about Tim. I mean, he's, he's such a great story and such a humble guy who, you know, we know he was injured in 2011. Uh, tore his ACL, missed the next three seasons as he, you know, kind of recovered and tried out and he had, you know, had an infection in the knee and couldn't catch on. And, you know, when he was a guy who was working out with the Saints in the spring, we were thinking, okay, he's just kind of a throw-in guy, you know, maybe a camp body type and, you know, that kind of thing. And the next thing you know, he goes to training camp and he shows up pretty big. And then, then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, this guy is going to make the team. Well, he did make the team on the final cut because – you know, there was a need to keep more linebackers and, I guess, more special teams guys. But when they were able to get him back in the building, they got him back in the building, and now all of a sudden, you know, he's the feature back because Mark Ingram, you know, is out with a shoulder injury. That's, you know, that sidelined him and put him on injured reserve. And Kyrie Robinson, you know, we know what happened with his leg, the broken leg. So he's out for the season. Now Tim Hightower, a guy who was on the street for anybody to have, you know, as, as recent as last spring, is now the feature back for the Saints. And to see him run for that 122 yards and a couple of touchdowns, you know, his first 100-yard game, I think, since 2010, first two-touchdown game, I think, maybe since 2010 on 27 carries. He had a career-high 28 carries a couple of weeks ago against Tampa Bay. But to just see it, it kind of it reaffirms for you, you know, how good things can happen to good people because anybody who's met him, and you've met him, I mean, he's such a good guy. You just want to pull for guys like that. And to see him have some success – and, I mean, he's not hanging around because he's a good story. He's hanging around because he's a pretty good football player. And I would believe he would have solidified himself, if not with this franchise for next year, then certainly uh, he's put together some really good film for somebody to look at and give him consideration because he's a guy who can, who can finish out a game. He finished out the game against Tampa, you know, running when Tampa knew the Saints wanted to run the football. And they had some of that happening yesterday when, when Jacksonville knows the Saints want to run the ball to eat some clock. They still give it to Hightower. He's still able to get it with that offensive line and get some cohesion going and get some and get some positive yards. So, yeah, to see him run the way he did yesterday, man, it really kind of warms your heart because he's just such a good guy. I, you want so many good things to happen for him, and to see it in person and see it happen that way, man, it it, it was just it's a good feeling to see.
No doubt about that. And, and speaking of guys coming out of nowhere, I didn't think I'd see Traveris Cadet contribute like he did in his first week back with this franchise. Well, I didn't either. I mean, but he had a really good quote yesterday. He said, look, you know, I, when they brought me back, I, I know they brought me back for a reason. And uh, he is a guy who has been in the system here for the previous three years. And so he just felt it was like riding a bike, man. He just jumped back up and he fell right back in line. And he was really good for this offense. You know, he was a guy who when they brought him in originally, everybody said, you know, he's, an, he's a versatile, all-purpose kind of guy, you know. And the Saints, you know, I don't know of a better way to say it than this, but, you know, have been kind of looking for that guy to be a kind of Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles type and he seems to be a guy who's able to handle that role. Um, he was able to handle it somewhat in a limited capacity. But yesterday, to be that guy in that feature role, featured role in, in that way with uh, C.J. Spiller not being inactive for the game and being out, you know, he really got a chance to get some touches. And, man, he showed that he's, he's still got that ability and he still has a great familiarity with this offense. Coach Sean Payton said last week how smart he is and how able he's, how he's able to quickly adapt to what they're doing and, and what they're implementing. And he showed it yesterday. He said, look, you know, there are a couple of wrinkles in there, and I'm, I'm still learning a little bit. But, you know, to get back in this offense, it was a comfortable, familiar feeling for me. No doubt about that either as well. Hey, you know, uh, you mentioned Spiller was out yesterday. Same for uh, Zach Streif. What did that offensive line look like in person to you um, with, you know, Pete sliding into the starting right tackle, uh, Lolito moves over, uh, Jari Evans, you know, uh, had the shoulder probably a little more than he's been used to. Uh, did they did they look like a cohesive unit? Um, I mean, the, the offensive numbers would tell you yes, but you were the one that was there in person. Well, yeah. I mean, they did look like a cohesive unit. I mean, if, if you know, Drew Brees throws it 36 times, only sacked once. Uh, you run it 35 times for 135 yards, one of the more productive rushing games they've had this year. But the big thing is, you know, with, with a line like that, with, you know, Andrews Pete going in at right tackle and, and Lolito sliding back in at left guard, is Drew Brees being relatively clean, the one sack. Now, yeah, he took some hits you know, over the course of an NFL game. A quarterback is going to be hit. But for the most part, you know, he didn't have to dance around and avoid the rush, and, you know, he didn't have to do a whole lot to make himself, you know, more uncomfortable in terms of that foot. So, you know, you like what you saw. I mean, because this, be this could be a prediction or, or, or you know, a, a foreseeing of the Saints offensive line for next season maybe. You know, Zach Streif said, you know, when he came, when when they drafted Andrews Pete, look, I'm training the guy to take my position. So basically, he knows at some point Andrews Pete is going to come in and take that position. And Tim Lolito started at left guard earlier this year, had some rocky moments. Andrews Pete slides in and he plays some left guard for him. Senio Kelamente has played there some, but you know, Tim Lolito has upped his play the last few weeks. So now he's back in at left guard. And you already have Max Unger at center. You got one of the better better left tackles in the league at Teron Armstead. So this could be what the Saints' offensive line looks a lot looks like a lot next season. Let's talk about this week, uh, JD. One to go here. You finish the home schedule four and four. You're sitting here at six and nine, and now you'll go to Atlanta, one of your arch rivals, uh, to finish out the season. Atlanta is going to be riding high after taking down the Panthers twenty to thirteen. So. Um, what does this week look like here for the Saints? Uh, you know, it's 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 the last day of school is coming up. How do you want to how do you want to view it? Yeah, but I don't think that I don't think they're looking at it as the last day of school and they're looking forward to summer um, summer break. They're looking at it as you know a chance to win a game. And yesterday they you know they're not going to throw in the towel. I don't think that. I don't think they're going to just roll the helmets out there and say okay let's get this over with. These guys uh, 
one of the reasons why they won't do that is, you know, a guy like Drew Brees won't let you. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk whether or not he should play, uh, whether or not he should be allowed to play yesterday, whether or not he should want to play. And he said, look, I want to play because that's what I do. And, and to really to ask him to do anything other than that is an insult to him and his professionalism and the rest of this team. I mean, if you're Jari Evans and you've been in this league 10 years and you, you're out there scratching and clawing and you're playing through, you know, some other injury or another every week, you know, when, when people say, okay, play for a draft choice, try to lose, you know, go with the rookie guy out there and let's see what he's got. That's an insult to those guys because those guys are saying, look, we're out here to win, man. We're out here killing ourselves trying to win a football game, and now all of a sudden people are saying, you know, just throw it away. Oh, Drew Brees, he shouldn't play. He ought to let Garrett Grayson play. And what Drew Brees is saying, look, this is what I get paid to do. You know, if if Drew Brees had voluntarily sat himself and said, look, we're out of the playoffs, I think I'm just going to chill out because I don't want to get hurt the rest of this season. Do you know what people would say about him? And yet people are basically asking him to do exactly that, to sit down and not play. And to, to ask a pro to do that, to ask a competitor to do that, to expect those guys to not want to compete and not want to win is pretty much ridiculous. So I think they're going to go into this last game, and especially they're going to Atlanta. You know, teams can't stand each other. So that will be incentive enough. But you don't want Atlanta to go into the offseason with a nice taste in their mouth at your expense, and Atlanta's the same way. They're not going to want that for the Saints. No doubt. Uh, Daniel Salerson will be uh, tomorrow looking at uh, kind of the greater picture, the larger picture of the NFL for the final week as well. Uh, John, let me switch gears a little bit. Uh, speaking of Daniel, he's going to be visiting with Dante Marcatelli and learning more about the um, Orlando Magic here in our next segment. But you were on the broadcast with me the other night as the Pelicans beat the Houston Rockets and uh, now a quick road game before coming back home to see the Clippers. Um, in any way, and, and, if, and if it's too early or you just don't know, just say it, but in any way do you feel like this, this Pelicans team, as we switch gears on the basketball side, uh, is ready to make a move here. Uh, are you sensing that? I feel like it. I mean, you know, they're, what, 9-9 nine and nine in the last 18, I think. Um, but more than that, it's encouraging three out of the last four, and it's encouraging the way they've been, they've been playing uh, to beat, to, to win the other night, uh, to make a fourth-quarter comeback against Houston. You know, they were 1-19 when they trailed going into the fourth quarter. But to beat a team like that, at home, I don't care where you beat them, you know, as long as you beat them. But you, to make a fourth quarter comeback, to give up 41 points in that first quarter and to, I give, I think, give up 17 in the fourth to basically flip it around defensively shows you what this team can do when they lock in and they really get down and dirty and they want to defend. I mean, I, I, if they don't take anything out of it, I'll be disappointed that they don't carry something with them to Orlando tonight and for, you know, the re- and, and for the foreseeable future because – you know, they've shown some flashes of what they can be. Okay, now a lot of that happened when they were shorthanded. Beat San Antonio kind of shorthanded. Beat Cleveland a little shorthanded. Well, now you have your full complement of guys, and you've got a pretty good idea of what guys can do and what roles they can fill. And to see them play that way against Houston uh, certainly made me feel good. That fourth quarter to me, man, was as good a quarter as you can see a team play to me uh, in the way they came back. And, and, and having Drew Holiday out there, just makes this team so much different. I, you know, what the job he did on James Harden, and you forget about the foul he committed with like 1.7 seconds left, how smart it was because they had the foul to give and to force Houston to kind of take it out and where they could reset the defense, put AD on the inbound pass against Trevor Ariza, make Ariza throw a bad pass, and then, you know, Tyreek Evans comes up with the steal to kind of seal the game. You love to see a team 
dig in defensively that way. Uh, but uh, again, it begins with Drew Holiday being on the floor. Once his minute re minutes restriction is lifted, which will be soon, he and Anthony Davis give you two premier defenders on the perimeter and then down down inside. And now you can mix in, you know, and, and Alonzo G and Adante Cunningham and knock wood, you know, at, eventually Quincy Pondex is going to come back. And so, you know, you've got a team that can defend some people, man. And I, it was it was just good to see him win that way the other night. Yeah, I, I agree totally. And uh, it'll be interesting tonight against a team that's beaten you already in Orlando, who's having a nice season, by the way. Uh, no doubt about that, despite a recent loss, without a doubt. All right, J.D., um, I know we'll be following you all week along at NewOrleansSaints.com and on the Saints mobile app. And I'll see you on Thursday for a little New Year's Eve action, Pelicans and Clippers. Have a great rest of your day, sir. I will do so, absolutely. And my plan of fascia is, is wrapped right now that we have a great show. Or, you know, was that a pretty good segment? Excellent segment. The rest is on me, and I'll and I'll try and, and soldier on here. So maybe you should tear yours too. Yeah, well, uh, hold on here. Let's, let's not go passing injuries around like candy here. Come on. Saints win yesterday, thirty-eight twenty-seven. That's John DeShazer. We'll continue on the Black and Blue Report with Dante Marcatelli from the Orlando Magic broadcast team in just a moment. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Thursday, December 31st at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Los Angeles Clippers tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and ring in the new year with the Pelicans during our Smoothie King New Year's Eve celebration. The first 8,000 fans in attendance will receive a Drew Holiday bobblehead courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are going fast, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's hard to believe almost six years ago, the Orlando Magic were so desperate to hire a radio intern that they hired me right out of college. The man responsible for that bold strategy is on the other end of the phone call. He's the star of the hit show Magic Game Day with Dante and Galante and a sideline <laughs> reporter for Fox Sports Florida. Dante Marcatelli, happy game day to you, my friend. Well, happy game day to you as well. Boy, that moved uh bit us back immediately. Absolutely bit us on the back end immediately. Well, when that it moved six years ago. But we were. We were desperate. It was bad times. And, and uh, we, we got three applicants, and we went with the best one. You can't blame us for that. Well, I'm glad I beat out the 45-year-old janitor. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, you were fantastic for us, man. In fact, in fact you want to come back? Do we have you back? Huh? Or is that, no, that's probably tampering. No, let's not do that. We'll, we'll talk about it after the show. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it after. Sounds good. Dante was my cameo appearance on Dante and Galante, the turning point for the show. The day I rap battled Brandon Bass had to be probably your highly highest rated show of all time, correct? <laughs> no, only barely edged out the show when you were blindfolded and ate mayonnaise for Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> I think it barely edged that one out. That was a uh, you had a lot of cameo appearances, and you were terrific. Did any of those make it on your demo reel? No, I, I left those out for a good reason. <laughs> Probably a smart move. Yes. Probably a smart move. Well, Dante, but you were always a good sport, always up for it. And, uh, in fact, our ratings took a giant nosedive since you left. So oh. You should know that. You should know that. That makes me feel a little better. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for lying yeah, to me no about question. it. <laughs> Dante, let's, let's, let's talk about this Magic team who won just 25 games last year. Already they sit with 17 wins and 13 losses this season. Why such the huge turnaround so far? Well, I think you got to look at number one with Scott Skiles. I, I think with him coming in with his defensive philosophy, he's got a history of doing this with young teams, with turning them around and, and making them a top-five defensive field goal percentage team, and he's done that. Now, they've had some slippage here the last couple of weeks. They're no longer in that top five, but, but that got them to this point. And uh, that commitment to defense, and uh, they go over it every single day in practice, where they're supposed to be, simple things they, that you think these guys at this level – I uh, would know. I mean, you, you see him in there doing things like, uh, you know, box out drills and doing rebounding drills and outlet pass drills. I mean, he really basically stripped it all down, started from square one, said, this is what I want to teach you. I want to instill these principles. And they've responded to it. They've been better off for it. And I think number two, Dan, is, um, is the move of Victor Oladipo to the bench. Going into the game on Saturday, uh, this team was 11-4 and four, uh, since, 11, since November 25th. Uh, since they made the move to put Victor Oladipo on the bench, and that was best in the Eastern Conference, that record during that stretch. So that's moved. It's not so much that they, they had to get Jenny Fry in the starting lineup. It wasn't so much about that. But it allowed now Victor Oladipo, who needs the basketball, Alfred needs the basketball, Evan needs the basketball. you got to give it to Vooch. There just weren't enough touches, uh, and, and now this allows him to come off the bench, score freely, shoot freely with that second unit, and kind of lead them, and, and he has taken it to another level defensively, one of the best defensive guards in the NBA right now. So I think the combination of Scott Stiles and the defensive principles that he's brought in and that move of Victor Oladipo to the bench are probably the biggest reason. How has Oladipo dealt with moving to the bench? Is he okay with it? How has his production been since moving to the bench? I know the team is doing well, but how is he personally dealing with the move? Not shooting it as well. Um, you know, he started off, fantastic he came out had a season high 24 points got to the free throw line 14 times which was the most in his career that was the very first game still very aggressive uh you know the, the number of games after that offensively he's kind of tailed off the last couple of games just hasn't been able to to finish at the rim hasn't been able to knock down that outside shot i think he's won for his last 16 from the floor in his last two games so that's got to get better but he's still defending at a high level at an elite level and suffocating, really, opposing two guards. And, you know, he's a competitor. This guy wants to be in the starting lineup. I don't think that's any secret. And, and Scott Skiles said he knows it stinks. He's been there. He does. No one likes getting yanked from the starting lineup, but it's for the better of the team. And he understands that. And, you know, you mentioned 25 wins last year. It's, it's been, what, 68 wins, I think, if you add up the last three years combined. So it's wow. time. I, I think if, if there's any kind of – you get a small modicum of success, I think everybody's – on board with it, and, and they understand it. And to his credit, he is cheering these guys on from the sidelines. He is completely engaged in every game, and, and you would never know that it's bothering him. But you know the competitor that he is, and uh, you know he'd rather be in that starting lineup for sure. Absolutely. 
Uh, Dante, after averaging 19 points and almost 11 rebounds last season, Nikola Vucevic averaging around 16 points and 9 rebounds per game. Any reason behind his slight decline this year? Well, I think it's more guys are emerging. I think, you you know, Tobias needs the basketball. Evan Fournier has been tremendous this year. Alfred Payton has been scoring, not distributing as much. He's been able to get to the rim and finish. So I think it's a little bit, you look at his percentages are way up, and he's shooting, you know, he's almost automatic in that 15 to 19 foot range. In the month of December, he's at about 20 points a game and, uh, and almost 10 rebounds a game. So his numbers are coming up. Uh, they're finding ways to get him involved more. Uh, which is good. He's probably been our most improved player. If you, if you look at, even though the numbers are down, mm-hmm. what he has done defensively, putting himself in position uh, to, to to protect the rim, which he's never really done. So he, he's he's been a, done a great job on that defensive end, and and then that jumper, that that jump shot is like I said, it is automatic. I mean, Dwight Howard had no answers for it, and he doesn't want to get out and contest that, and, and he's just all the bigs that defend him, want to stay under the basket, and he's able to draw him out. It's such a luxury. So he's got a game winner to his credit this year. So I, I think offensively you, you see a little bit of a dip because more guys need the ball. Guys are having better years, and that's for this team to have success, it's got to be a balanced attack. Years past, it was uh, just a heavy dose of boots, Tobias and Victor. That was it. You have those three, and that was it. Now you've got so many other options, and I think they've taken it. You know the other thing, too, Daniel, is he doesn't get to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He was getting to the free throw line uh, a lot last year. He has the fewest points at the free throw line percentage-wise of any player in the NBA. Wow. Under 7% of his points come from the free throw line. That is the fewest of any player in the NBA. So he's not really taking contact. He's not really doing a ton in the paint. Uh, a lot of jump shots. So I, I think you know you get to the line three, four times a game. Uh, that makes up the difference right there. Wow, good stat there, Dante. Uh, who's one person on Orlando that's having a good year that's kind of surprised you a little bit? Well, I think uh, I don't think we were surprised by Vooch very much, but I think to the start of the year it was Evan Fournier. Yeah. I, I think, you know, in fact, you guys saw it. Uh, he had his career-high 30 in New Orleans yep. in, in that game earlier uh, in November. So that was a surprise, the way he started. He was absolutely phenomenal. And I think... You know, to his credit, he he's been lights out at the end of ball games as well. You know, he missed one the other night, but uh, I, I love him going for it. He hit a huge shot, uh, the game winner against the Houston Rockets. In fact, if you look at close games, so if the game is within five points or less, three minutes or less uh, left on the clock, only Steph Curry has hit more threes than Evan Fournier wow. uh, at the end of a ball game. So you look at that criteria. He's become a clutch guy. He's become a go-to guy. And the other thing, too, Daniel, is he does it on the defensive end. He, he, at the beginning of the year, he has taken every single other team's top scorer, James Harden, and you know, we haven't seen Steph Curry, but he'll get Steph Curry. Uh, you know, every, every opposing two-guard, DeMar DeRozan, everybody that's been, you know, he had LeBron James for stretches. I mean, he was playing that well. So uh, I, I think he's doing it on both ends. He's been the most consistent. He doesn't turn the ball over. He takes big shots for this team. And I and I love the J. He doesn't need many touches, you know. He he makes the most of his opportunities uh, when he gets them. So I think he's probably been as pleasant a surprise as anyone. We're talking with Don, Dante Marcatelli, sideline reporter for Fox Sports Florida, and also part of the Orlando Magic Radio Network. Dante, I have to ask about our good friend Jason Smith, who played here in New Orleans for a few seasons. How has he helped this team coming <laughs> off the bench? He's been great. He's been, I found out he's a huge Star Wars guy. You yeah. guys probably already knew that. He, he loves he loves Star. Although he decided. He declined to wear a costume the day the movie came uh-huh. out. We thought he might show up in, in full gear, but he <laughs> That's decided against it. But as you guys know, just a hard worker, a class act. I, I think the thing that personifies him is we're in Minnesota. 
end of the end of the ball game. Minnesota's coming back, hostile environment on the road. Team that didn't win many road games last year. Things start going, getting away from them, not getting calls, attacking the basket. We're barking with the officials. Timeout. He pulls everybody aside and he says, "We're on the road. We were a bad team last year. If you think we're going to get calls, you're crazy. Quit your complaining. Close the game out." And you hadn't seen that really. That mm-hmm. that kind of you know that kind of approach. He kind of does his business. He doesn't talk a whole lot. Uh, does his business and, and comes and goes and leads by example. But I thought that was tremendous, and it steadied the ship and got guys back on track, and they closed it out and won that game. Right? And I think just a veteran guy that can go out there and not only lead with his with his voice, but he, he's like, I tell you what, go, we were in New York last week, so this was going into Monday's game last week. He led the NBA in defensive rating, individual defensive rating. Wow. Jason Smith, fewest points per game, worst percentage, uh, individual defensive rate. I was blown away by that, just what he's brought on that end. We know he can shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know he can rebound a little bit, but he has been a defensive force, and, and he's playing so well that they now want to get him on the floor with Nick Vucevic uh, together and, and work that, that tandem as well. Andrew Nicholson's been playing well and normally got some of those minutes, but they want to get Jason in there. And he, so, and he's, and he also, I think for the month of December, going into our last game was top two or three in the NBA in that 15 to 19 uh, foot jump range. I mean, you know, guys don't shoot that anymore. As yep. we know, guys want to get to the river, shoot the three. And uh, he has made a living knocking down that mid-range jumper. And it was just a tremendous, tremendous addition and solid veteran to have on our team. Yeah, one of the best pick-and-pop shooters in the league. That's for sure. Yeah, so you guys probably don't miss him. You guys probably don't miss him at all. Oh, yeah, no, no, but, no. But, <laughs> but outside of that, as you know, Daniel, just a quality individual funny guy and just a lot of fun to be around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we certainly miss him uh, – on and off the court, that's for sure, Dante. Before I let you go, the Magic won their first game of the season against the Pelicans back on November 3rd. What do the Magic have to do to get the sweep tonight in Orlando? Well, I, I think we've got to hope that Anthony Davis continues to stay around the three-point line. <laughs> this guy, if he decides he's going to bring it in the paint, that's going to be a problem. There's just no answers really in the whole league for Anthony Davis. And uh, They've got to get back to their pick-and-roll defense. They, they've got to get back to defending at an elite level. Uh, the last seven games, they've been doing it offensively and trying to outscore teams. The previous nine, uh, they were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. So they've got to get back to that. They've got to get back to uh, defending at a high level, and defending Anthony Davis. They'll throw him a ton of looks. Eric Gordon coming off a red-hot game, 10 of 12 from the floor. So uh, Evan Fournier is going to have his hands full defending him. Um, they're, they're just going to have to make sure that – uh, they defend the three-point line. That's been an issue. Pick-and-roll defense and dribble penetration. I know you guys with Tariq Evans, Eric Gordon, uh, Drew Holiday coming off the bench, guys that are going to want to get in the paint and get to the basket. That's been a problem uh, for us the last couple weeks. So we've got to do a better job. It starts with Alfred Pace. You've got to put pressure on the basketball, uh, keep guys out of the paint, and, and maybe his hometown, New Orleans Pelicans coming to town, uh, might, might get him going again on the defensive end. We'll see. That's Dante Marcatelli, sideline reporter, Fox Sports Florida, host of Magic Drive Time on the Orlando Magic Radio Network, and, of course, an all-around good guy. Dante, I appreciate the time, and I would say good luck to you tonight, but I would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. We, this is a win we're both hoping to get here tonight. Man. Always great to talk to you. Keep up the tremendous work. We're all proud of you here. Though. I appreciate it, Dante. All right, when we come back, Sean Kelly will be back to wrap things up. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Fall 
is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Taylor has stopped by from the Pelicans dance team to help us wrap up this Monday show. This is her second visit, I think. Hello, Taylor. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Things are uh, on the road. Uh, A-OK. We'll find out how they go tonight when the Pelicans take on the Orlando Magic. And then we'll be back home to see you for a little New Year's Eve game. Uh, Are you excited about basketball on New Year's Eve? I think it's a great way to uh, ring in the new year, don't you think? I agree. I agree. Um, We've had a couple of uh, home games over the years on New Year's Eve, and I find it's it's a great way for folks to start their evening. And uh, we kind of get the party started for them a little bit, and you guys have a lot to do with that. Are you you, uh, in full preparation mode for a New Year's Eve performance? Yes, we've been practicing um, for about a week or two now, and it'll be a pretty big halftime show. It'll be uh, the Pelicans dance team, the Pelicans, all of the um, the Pelicans, some of the Pelicans staff that do Swoop Troop, and yep. also uh, the senior dance team. The whole crew will be there. Yes, it'll be a pretty big production. No doubt, no doubt. That'll be a part of a special evening there. The Clippers will be in town, and our old friend Chris Paul, too. Um, and you've talked about that a little bit in today's Pelicans Planner. How did that shoot go for you this morning? It was a lot of fun. Um, just a little heads up, though, for all the Pelicans fans out there. The giveaway will be a Drew Holiday bobblehead. We haven't done one of those in a while. I think I don't think we did any bobbleheads at all last year, and, and people love those things. I know. I mean, that's a great giveaway. You can keep it forever. It's a little token. Have you collected any over the years? Do you collect anything, Taylor? Do you have a hobby or anything? I collect shoes. Shoes. <laughs> but no, not bobbleheads. Oh, interesting. I don't know if we can do a <laughs> pelican shoe of some kind. That would be pretty nice. Yeah, I think maybe we could talk to uh, the, the marketing folks about that. That would be all right. I'd like to hear what they had to say about a shoe. Yes, no doubt. Hey, speaking of dancing and in-game entertainment, um, we were in Utah on our last long road trip, and they did something on their uh, big screen that I've never seen done before. They did what they called Awkward Dad Dance Cam. Um, <laughs> w- would your dad or any dads that you know qualify for that? Oh, my dad definitely would. He always comes to every game, and actually I bought him a foam finger for Christmas as kind of like a gag gift. And uh, at Saturday's game, he was up in the stands just waving and dancing like crazy. Oh, we need to get awkward dad dance cam at our building, that's for sure, if that's yes. the case. <laughs> yes. Um, how was your Christmas, by the way? Oh, it 
was great. How was yours? It, it was well. We we had a little work to do. We had a little game to play. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it was good. Um, did you get anything uh, really cool for for Christmas this year? Um. Well, since I'm the youngest and I'm grown, it's kind of hard to do a lot of gifts. So, um, my parents just gave me a round trip ticket to wherever I wanted to go in the U.S., and that was kind of like my main gift. I would say that's a great gift. Yeah, it's a great one. Where do you want to go? I haven't decided yet. I usually take a trip somewhere over the summer just because that's when we have a little break from the season. So I'll have to uh, kind of pinpoint where I want to go. Okay. Keep us posted on that. Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so Pelican's Planner is done, and you mentioned the bobblehead uh, giveaway and the big halftime performance on Friday. Is there anything else? Uh, what, you know what? Let's do this because I don't want to spoil the surprise of what you've got on Pelican's Planner. Simply, perhaps, Taylor... Uh, direct folks on where to go to find their Pelicans planner this week. You can go to pelicans.com or the Pelicans app and uh, check out each day. We have a little info for all the games, all stats. It's a whole bunch of information you really need to know. All right. Very good. We'll do that. Happy New Year, Taylor. I look forward to seeing you and the rest of the group on a Thursday. Yeah. See you then. All right, Taylor from the Pelicans dance team wrapping us up here on this Monday. Don't forget tomorrow, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com will wrap up our coverage of tonight's game against the Orlando Magic. Daniel Salerson will be hosting tomorrow from Studio B, and I have a feeling he'll be taking a look ahead to what could be a very exciting weekend in the NFL. So with that being said, we'll uh, say goodbye on this Monday. Don't forget to check out Pelicans Planner with Taylor and the Pelicans dance team today. And then our broadcast tonight, both on television and on radio, Fox Sports New Orleans coverage, uh, of course, uh, with David Wesley and Joel Myers, and then myself and Victor Howell on the Pelicans Radio Network. Our thanks to John DeShazer for stopping by today, Dante Marcatelli from the Orlando Magic broadcast team. And with that, we'll say good afternoon from New Orleans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.